Uh, there's multiple places that I could have started this message. It talks about faith all the way through the Bible, really. There's, there's, uh, we got great men of God that, that have faith in the Old Testament all the way through. You know, to Revelation, we see men of faith, men and women of faith, talking about faith and what that means. Where, where I, I, and when I started to study for the Word, you know, that was kind of the way I thought it was going to go, this, this uh, you know, like, uh, let's, let's, you know, rejoice in our faith. What we're going to learn today is that faith uh, brings a lot of things. But to get faith, you've got to go through a lot of things. And that's the hard part. Uh, usually in the, in the midst of the battle, we don't get that. You know what I mean? And it seems to me, at least in my life, the bigger the battle, the more that you know it. You know what I mean? It's, it's weird. It doesn't, it doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't work right. It seems like in the bigger battles, you would have less, less faith because it's bigger. And, but it seems that the people of God really rise up in those moments of big battles. You know, when we're facing the big things. Where we lose, or at least in my life where I've lost, is in the small battles. In Romans chapter 5, it says this, and I'll read it uh, to you all. Chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege, whom we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, hallelujah, when, we introduce, uh, when we're introduced into problems or trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. In the NIV it says perseverance. In endurance, it develops strength of character. In character, strengthens our confidence of hope and salvation. Let me read it in the NIV real quick because it says it a little bit different. And uh, let me get there real quick. Romans. It says, uh, let me go down to uh, verse, I'll I'll pick it up in verse uh, 3 there. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because God poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Hallelujah. Let me pray. Lord God, I, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for your grace, first of all. That uh, in the moments that we don't get it, you've already gotten it. And Lord, you help us to get it. Lord God, I, I thank you, Lord God. And, and I repent, Lord Jesus, for not having faith in those little moments when I needed it. When you expected it. When we should have had it. But I also thank you, Lord God, that through your love, through your grace, through your mercy, you pour that faith back into us so we can have those things, that, that we, we can grow, that our character becomes holy 
and godly and, and that, that it, per, it, it produces a stronger faith. Lord, we all need that. We all need it in the small moments and we all need it in the big moments. But Lord, most of all, we need faith because we need you. So Lord God, I give you the glory. And Lord, I pray that my ears would be open to your word today. My eyes would be open to what you want me to see today. And Lord, I pray that for all of us, that we receive what you want us to receive. And Lord, that we leave here changed for you. And to you be the glory for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So when I was, I was thinking about this, I had this picture, and I'm going to need some help. So I'm going to ask some of my summer staff. Let me get Marissa first. Marissa, could you come up and stand right over here? Oh, this is Marissa. She's part of my summer staff. She's from Gladwin. She's awesome. So let's just say Marissa is a Christian, which she is, okay? And so Marissa, go ahead and stand up on the stage so they can see you. Um, so she's been praying about something, and uh, for the first time maybe in her life, God doesn't answer the prayer the way that she thought. God should answer the prayer. So what happens when we do that is it becomes a, a little kink in our armor. Little, little something grabs onto us. So if I could get, um, uh, uh, let me get Taylor. Taylor, would you come up here real quick? All right, this is Taylor. He's from the Harrison Lake area, right? Claire, I'm sorry, Claire area. So just put your hand on her shoulder. All right. So. You know, that's not bad. You can carry that around or it'll follow you around. But let's say, you know, something else happens and she's praying for, she's praying for somebody and she's praying, you know, Lord, would you just, uh, would you just uh, heal them? And, and the Lord doesn't heal her or heal that person right now. So then what happens is something else grabs on, right? So let's get uh, Stephanie, would you come up, please? And so something else she'll start carrying. Stephania is from Lake, also engaged to this young man right here, Taylor. And they'll be getting married. Just put your hand on her other shoulder, would you? All right. So then, so she's praying about that. And now she's starting to say, man, God, you, you just ain't answered stuff. Just, it's not happening. What's, what's going on? And so doubt starts to set in, right? So, so then, you know, maybe, maybe she... Uh, Maybe she's like, okay, God, show me what's going on. And, 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 you know, she doesn't receive anything. So, Sharon, why don't you come up? And Sharon is from Harrison area. And so why don't you go just round the back there? And so then something else gets piled on. And now what's happening is you're starting to shrink a little bit because the weight is coming down. And then, you know, so she, but she's still kind of hanging on, right? She's still, like, I know God is real because God has been, been there in different times. So she starts to grab onto some, onto some uh, standing stones in her life. And maybe those just let go for a minute. But in, in that process, you know, she starts to pray about something else. Maybe she's praying about a relationship or something and she wants God to move and and, and, and God hears her prayers, right? God hears all, but, but God doesn't answer again, or at least not the way that she feels that he should. So then what happens is all those things grab back on because now she's thinking about that. And then uh, could you come up 
Um, don't tell me. Ah, oh, okay, come up. You, come on up. Noah, Noah, there we go. It took me a minute. Noah, come on up. And so not only does those things grab back on, but then it starts to grow and get bigger. And so now all of it grabs on and it starts to press her down. Go to your knees. Go to your knees. All right. So then now she's praying. And she's praying for all the things, all these things. And she's saying, God, where are you? Now she's at a place of despair. Now she's at a place of unbelief. She don't even know God. Come on up, Audrey. Come on up. Audrey is from uh, Onaway. Audrey from Onaway. Some of you may know her father, but we're not going to say it. I'm going I'm to let you be Audrey today. All right? So why don't you grab on to her too? So now all these things. Now at this point, we have a choice to make. We can, we can let all that stuff weigh us down, or we can begin to, to, to pull back into our heart. And really, when we get to this place, that's really where we need to be. Matter of fact, we should start on our knees in every faith-building problem, every faith-building, everything. All right, you guys can go sit down. Thank you very much. So... The battle for faith is not in the big things. How many of you have been through big things in your life? And how many times has God showed up? Right? Now, some of you may be in that battle right now. And you may be asking, where is God in this? If we look through the Bible and we talk about people like Job, Job went through suffering. Through that suffering, perseverance. Through that perseverance, character. And then... What happens after that? Once he gets, Job gets, Job gets so distraught, so angry, that he begins to question God. He begins to not question him in his spirit. He begins to question him basically to his face. And then what does God do? God rebukes him hard. He says, where were you when I did this, 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 and this, and this, and this? Basically, he was saying to, to Job, who are you to question me? I've been there. In my, in, in my sufferings, I've been in those moments. But I'm thankful that, that I had people around me, right, that reminded me God used people in my life. He can, the enemy will try to use them to bring harm, but God will use them to be good, and we have to decipher in the middle. And if we don't have that measure of faith to build that up, we'll listen to the wrong thing, and we'll grab onto those things, and it'll, it'll weigh us down. But it says that perseverance produces character. And I was like, character? What does that mean? I believe it means godliness or holiness. When you, see, when you build character in God, when you build godliness, when you build holiness, you can see better. You can see what is bad and what is good. You can, you can begin to see that those things are attached to me, and I need to get them off. Sometimes we can't do it by ourselves. We can, you know, because God in us has the power to remove those things. But it's awesome when we start to pull in our friends, and ask them to help us. Pray with me. And, and, and we're blessed. 
I know in this place that I've gotten phone calls of people saying, I'm praying for you. They don't even know what's going on. When, when that is in your spirit, when God lays somebody on your heart, it is awesome when you stop and pray or you pray for them that night. But it is more awesome, Bill, when you call them and say, sorry, I'm going past my line. It is more awesome when you call them and say, I'm praying for you. And what's even greater than that is when you knock on their door. Hey, I'm here. I'm praying for you. Lord laid you on my heart. How many do that now? Does anybody do that now? I've done that. And I'm not saying because I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm saying that we've lost our way. We're a church. We need to love people. We need to help in that battle of faith. Because the battle for your faith is in those little moments. The battle for somebody's faith is when they're crying at their home or they're at work or they're, or they're down and out or they're, you know, maybe they're, they're heading towards the bar. Maybe, we don't know. And God puts them on our heart. That's where that battle is. On your knees, you begin to pray for them. Pick up the phone and call them. Send them a text. We, can, we, got, we got great things today. You know, before when I was growing up in the faith, we didn't have all that stuff. So the, the deal was you had to go there. And I don't think it was bad that we had to do that. I know when people, brothers and sisters, that showed up at my door with groceries because I didn't have enough money to buy groceries. I know when, when somebody showed up at my door when, when my kids were in trouble. They were in serious trouble. And they showed up and said, you know, God put them, we prayed. Those are battles for faith. We need to recognize those battles for each other and for ourselves so that doesn't build up on us. Um, in James, I love, I love the book of James, by the way. So James, James, to understand, so what James is doing, it says that this letter is from James, a slave of God. This is in verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, I am writing to the 12 tribes Jewish believers scattered abroad. So he's talking to people that are converted. So now, if we understand what that means, that means that they're struggling with all this Jewish tradition and the way they were brought up. And now they're believers in Jesus Christ. So basically, they were outcasts. And they were fighting. They were part of a revolution, right, of Jesus so let's try to, I mean, if we understand that a minute, what's so powerful about James and about the, the passages of faith is he's saying, hold on to what you know about God, but don't forget about Jesus. Jesus is the one that got you here because God sent him to you. He's telling them that there's more to God. There's more to your faith than just tradition. And some of us have come off a lifestyle. We're, we're converts. We're converts from alcoholism. We're converts from drugs. We're converts from uh, other things. Right? We, maybe somebody in here was an atheist at one time. I don't know. Maybe it's false religion. But God has turned us around. You know why? There's this passage in the Bible. And I was trying to find it. But I know it's in there. Somewhere in this Bible it says that God gives us the same measure of faith. Each one of us get the same measure of faith. 
So if you think about a measuring cup in faith, if we all get the same measure of faith, we all have this cup, and we can either pour it out or have it filled up. There'll be times where we're supposed to pour it out, right? There'll be times that we have to withdraw from that, but we have to fill it up. And faith comes from hearing the word. Faith comes from doing. James is all about hearing and doing. In, in verses 3, 22, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you that. Don't just merely be a listener of the word, but be a doer of the word. It's good to listen. That's where we build faith. But it's good to do where it, it makes it grow. We receive it by listening. We grow it by doing. And, that, and that's, that's what God has shown me over the last couple weeks. It has been crazy, crazy, crazy at camp. And, and, and in my life right now, I'm in the camp season, so it's crazy. We started out, we didn't have enough staff. We still don't. And I prayed. I prayed, Mary. I said, send me people. And he didn't send me people. He sent me the people that I needed. He didn't send me enough bodies, but he sent the right eight students, the right eight young people, and they've done the work of 12. That's amazing. And I've, and I've watched them. I've watched them persevere. I've watched them suffer because it's been hot out. And I, let's, if we talk about physical suffering, it's hot out. But they're still going. And then I, and then I see them. Now, my inclination, my flesh is, when I see somebody sitting around or standing around, what do I do, guys? What are you guys doing? But God stopped me and slowed me down this week. And when I seen him doing that, nine times out of ten, I waited and I watched. And I did that. I would see them gather around one of them and start praying. Or I'd see them pray. Last night, I was coming down. We had, we had mattresses scattered everywhere because a flood came into our basement and, and ruined some of our mattresses or got them wet. I think we saved, salvaged a lot of them. But they're laying out, and I'm like, oh, no, we didn't put the mattress away. So I'm heading down there, I'm running down there, and I'm getting them. I'm like, where's everybody at? It's like an hour before snack time. Why are they not somewhere? You know, that's what my mind was doing. And I burst in the door, and guess what they're doing? They're praying. Praying for each other. Praying for the camp that was there. Praying for healing. I don't know what else they prayed for, but they were praying. And so I, I, I was mad. I'll be honest with you, I was mad. So I left. I said, man, these kids are always praying. Now listen. <laughs> now this is a moment of flesh. It's a moment of flesh. But then I started realizing you know, God didn't answer my prayers. I started realizing he wasn't answering my prayers when and how I wanted him to because I wasn't looking with my eyes. What he adds is better. I'd rather have the people than 20 people that aren't from God. Even if they were free. You know what I mean? Okay, that one didn't. Uh, you guys will get that one later. Um, so... So they were praying. So I left, stormed out, kind of. I was, I was trying to be good. Stormed out, went and did something, come back. 
I get back. They're all out. They're, they're, they're out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up and tell them. You know, I, so I take the golf cart around one side of the building because I was driving down. And I could see them out. So I rolled around the other side. Come around the building, flying around to get them. Guess what they're doing? In a two seconds, they're praying again. And, and one particular young lady, some of you may know, Faith, uh, we were praying, they were praying for Riley, and she's in there, and, and, and God moved in our faith. God moved through our faith. Not, and her name is Faith, and that, that's what really, really got me. Like, God said, okay, you're not getting it, Tony. Here, let me help you. Bam. <laughs> so our faith is praying for Riley, and God gives her a word, and she says the word out loud. Like, it, it wasn't tongues and interpretation. It was, it, well, it could have been because other people were praying in tongues and maybe she did interpret, but she gave a word out loud. Do you know how, how many times I've prayed for that? How many times I've prayed for our youth, not just to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but to give a word in tongues and interpretation, to be used in miracles. I wasn't looking with my eyes. I wasn't listening with my ears. But when God got me lined up and brought me around that corner, my plans, he said, they're done. You're going to do my plan. Listen to what I'm doing. And here's our little girl praying, giving Riley a word. Riley's just, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And I, and I began to laugh because God finally got my attention. And he said, Tony, it's not about those beds. It's not about the lawn being mowed. It's not about the toilet paper being filled. It's not about the motel rooms and the doors and all this other stuff. It is about them. People are more important than the plan. I wrote that in my Bible three years ago. And I preach it to them. Constantly preach it to them. And then here I am not being the example I need to be. They may not have known it in the moment, but I knew it, and God showed me it. People are always more important to plan. And how you build faith is you walk through it with them. And as you walk through it with them, God works it in you. Hallelujah. So in James it says, in verse 2 it starts like this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that your faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. Our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices. That's the wrong verse. I jumped up way too high. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Hallelujah. So that means all those prayers, when we had Marissa up here, all those things that grabbed on, she would begin to pray on her knees to God, start calling out like this. God would come in and say, okay, I got you covered, and one by one, he's going to show her those things and pull those things away. And then she's going to be standing up 
complete and in nothing, needing nothing. And then it says this. This is awesome. If you need wisdom, ask generous for God, from God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when, he, when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Hallelujah. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea and blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He gives us a little rebuke in there. He says, do it this way, or nothing will happen. But it's weird, too, because sometimes we don't think nothing happens, but it is. And we got to know the difference. Divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers, believers who are poor and uh, have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. Let's jump down to 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempting to do wrong. And he, he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from your own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. That's, that's powerful words. Those are a, a powerful thing that if we listen to them, if we listen to them, that'll save us a lot of heartache. It'll save us a lot of, uh, he, he's, he's telling us straight out, you have faith, use it. You have faith, give it to me and watch it grow. When these battles of faith come, we need to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear God. The little ones are what matter. Those moments when that person comes up to you that, uh, that um, maybe you, you struggle with and you lash out. I just lost the battle of faith because I treated that person unkindly. Faith is just not about needing something. Faith is about leading for example. Faith is what people see in you that draws them to Christ. Yeah, we have all these other things. God tells us faith, hope, love. The greatest of these are love. But we have to have faith as well. If we, if we have that faith, the hope that they'll see in us is Jesus, and that points us to love. And as we exercise that and we grow in that, those other things will automatically come out. That's how it, I think that's how it, he designed it. He talks about faith as a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are very, very small. But then it, you know, grows and grows this tree where the birds of the air nest in it. That's how our faith is. It's a picture of when our faith grows, what it draws in. It draws people to Christ. Our faith, when we get into those big battles, as some of us have been in, if, if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't be standing here. I know. Because I know where I came from. I know what I would have done. If I didn't have faith when my little girls got hurt, I would have been in jail. 
and I don't know what would have happened. If, if God didn't give me faith or show me faith or put people around me to help me with faith, when my world was torn apart, I would have went into despair. I, would, I know I would have went into a bottle, and I know I probably would have killed myself, probably, at least one way or another, by doing something stupid or doing it. You could argue that both of those are. And some of us have been there. Some of us have been to that point of despair where we, we don't think that there's anything else that we can do. Some of us have, have put that thing to our head or, or been in that battle. And I don't mean to be graphic and I don't mean to, to, to scare anybody, but what I'm saying is that God is a God of hope. If you give them that measure of faith, I promise you, I promise you, he will help you grow it. And someday, your testimony that you're walking out right now, God is going to use it for great and powerful things in other people's lives. I know it, I believe it, because he does it. And I don't just see it in my own life, I see it in others' lives. I see it in these kids' lives. And I don't even know if they know it. God brought this group of kids together. Each of them have been through what the other one is going through. It's amazing. It's amazing when we open our eyes and we grab a hold of faith. Rachel, if you'll come, please. The last story I want to I I share with you is in uh, Matthew chapter 8. It's the, the faith of the Roman officer, the faith of the centurion. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, or Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I, I am too under authority, or I have authority. Of my superior, from my, I, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I have the authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go. Come, and they come. And if I say that to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. That's an amazing statement. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east, from the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But, when, but many Israelites, those from, for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officers, go back home because you believed and it, and it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Hallelujah. We always look at that great powerful thing that Jesus just needs to say the word. And we grab a hold of that and we use that in our prayers and we, we just know that Jesus can move. But there's more to it than that. Here is a non-believer comes up to him. The only reason why he says, I know it can be done, is because he heard about the 
things that he had been doing. Not because he had faith in Jesus, but because somehow the man that is here, when he says stuff, it happens. Not because he had faith like a committed Christian, but because of what he saw, what he heard. Jesus turns to the disciples and the followers behind him and says, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. He was saying that none of you have this kind of faith. That's amazing to me. I, I, I was talking, I don't know if it was Miss Amy or if it was uh, Miss Lynn in the office this week and we were talking about the Jews and, and you know coming out of Israel and bam, this happened and they didn't believe. And bam, this happened and they didn't believe. Bam, and then the disciples, bam, this happened. You know, all these times that we see, we see that the believers of Jesus Christ, the followers of Jesus Christ, don't believe what Jesus can do. Don't believe what God can do even though they walked in miracles. And then we're sitting here and we pray for miracles. And we pray and we pray and we pray. And we're just as blind as they are sometimes because we don't see what miracles God does do because he doesn't do them the way we want him to do it. But when he does, it's awesome, right? When we pray for healing and it, and it happens, it's awesome. We need to remember that moment and carry it with us. So when he doesn't answer the way we want him to, we can say, oh, hold on a minute. I know he's still there. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He will steal those moments from you so your faith can't be brought up. He will kill those moments for you so you can't pull it from anywhere. So he can get you to that moment of despair. So he can kill you. That's his job. I said this the last time I preached, and I always think about it. The devil has no friends. Pastor Norm said that. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. He hates you. But we know the one that loves us. We know the one that can cure us. We know the one that has the power if we let him work in our lives, work in us and through us. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for these battles of faith. Lord, I know this sounds crazy, but Lord, I thank you for every trial in my life. Thank you for every tribulation in my life. Lord, I thank you for every trial this church has faced. Lord, I thank you for every tribulation that we've gone through. And Lord, I thank you that you've helped us to grow in faith. That when people walk in these doors, Lord God, they see people of faith. They see people that gives them hope. They see people that show love, that lead them to Jesus Christ. Lord, help us never to forget that. In our individual moments, Lord God, when we're questioning you, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would refresh our memories to the moment that you did miracles. Lord, I pray right now that every scheme of the enemy would be broken. Every lie, every deceit would be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that are out there that are questioning who you are. Lord God, I pray that you reveal yourself to them powerfully, even right now, in the seat where they're sitting. 
And Lord, you would show your love. It would overtake them, Lord. It would overwhelm them. And Lord, your faith would begin to grow, that measure of faith that you put in them. They would know that they know that they felt God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I invite you. I I can tell you there was moments in my life that I did not know him. I thought I did, but I wasn't living for him. There was days in my life where I questioned him. Well, if God was if God is really this loving God, then why did the then why did this happen? I could have done that when my daughter was killed. I could have said, Really, God, if, if you're that loving, why would you take her? Why would you why would you allow her after you've pulled her out of all this stuff, after you released her from so many things, after after you called her into ministry, after you released her in ministry after you used her to change people's lives, why would you take her home? I could have done that, but faith said no. Faith said God's grace held her to that moment so she could be walking with Jesus Christ. There was times in my life where I was left and abandoned and I could have questioned God. And I could have said, God, where are you? Why did they leave? Why did that happen? Why, why, why? But no, faith said, I'm with you. I'm there. I love you. You're a son to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're a prince. I know I, every one of you have heard me say that over and over again. If you're here today, and if you're a man, you're the son of the living God. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. I don't know what your earthly father did or didn't do, but I know you have a heavenly Father that loves you. He wants you to be with Him. He wants you to know Him. And He wants to use you to be a father to the fatherless. There may be a young lady here or a lady here that, that you, you've been taught all your life that you have no worth, you have no value. Can I tell tell you that that's a lie from the pit of hell? That's a lie from the pit of hell. He loved you so much that he, he died on that cross for you. He died to pay the sins from all of that before you, all of that that you've done and been a part of, and all of that that you will do if you will turn your life and give it to him. In a moment, I'm gonna ask those that don't know Jesus to come to the front. I don't, I don't know the last two times I've done this. I think it's important. The enemy is going to tell you you're going to be embarrassed by that, right? The enemy is going to lie to you and say, that's not you. God don't love you. That preacher up there don't know what he's talking about. There's some of you that may be sitting here that have walked away from the Lord and don't think that all the stuff that you've done or not done, that you can't come back to the Lord. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's how the enemy works. You have worth. You have value because Jesus died on the cross. And I can tell you right now that there's people sitting in this room that I know, and I know myself personally, that 
that the enemy would love to keep you where you're at so you can't become what God wants you to become. I was a drunk. I was mean. I hated people. I didn't want to be around. I just as soon punch people in the face than look at them most of the time. I was just downright mean. And some of you that know me, you may not think that that's true about me, but it was. I was not a good person. I had been hurt in my life. I had been abused in my life, or at least I thought I had. I had too many times where God let me down, and I said, no more. I'm going to do this on my own. But God came into my life, and he changed my life. And I finally understood through my children and my wife at the time that God moves if you let him. I would encourage you today that if that's any one of those places you are, that you would stand up and come to this front and let us pray with you. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, as I begin to close in prayer, I just want you to make your way to the front and somebody will pray with you. I'll pray with you if nobody else will. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we just thank you right now. We thank you, Lord God, that you loved us enough. Your word says that you knew us, that you knit us together in our mother's womb. Lord, you know every person in this place intimately. Your word says that you know the number of hairs on their head. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, and Lord, if the enemy's lying to somebody right now and holding them back from being all that they can be, that says they're worthless or they're, they're not they're not, they're not able. You're telling them, Lord, that they have no value. Lord, I, I right now rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. And I would tell them, Lord, that you say they're priceless. Hallelujah. You gave your life for them. Lord, I pray for those that need healing in their heart, Lord God. That maybe they're holding on to bitterness and that's keeping them from you. Lord, help us to know that everything that's between us and you is sin. Anything that's standing between us and you is sin. Lord, help us to be bold enough to give that sin away. To give it to you that you can change it, turn it. And Lord, that we can get beauty for ashes. Lord, we can get zeal for hatred. We can get joy for pain. Lord God, I give you glory for that. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling out there with who they are in you. Lord God, I pray that you would bring your revelation to them, that that measure of faith in them would grow. Lord, that you would open eyes, that you would open ears to hear and see. And Lord God, I pray for every person in this room that has prayed and doesn't feel like they got an answer. Lord, I pray in agreement with them. And Lord, I pray even if it's not what we want to hear or see or know, Lord, that you would show us where we either missed it or Lord, where the answer is. Lord God, I give you glory for faith. Restore in us, Lord God, your faith. That we can bring hope to people and most of all, that we can bring your love to people. And Lord God, I thank you for changing this man. That you took all that bitterness away. You took all that anger away. That you took all that hatred away. Lord, that you delivered me from alcohol. I give you glory for all of that and for all the ones that are in here that you've done that with and for all the hearts that you've healed. Lord, to you be the glory. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, I'm still here.